minister to him today, and so it's been a good day, and I'm thankful to be here again with you tonight, and I want you to take your copy of God's Word, and I want you to go with me to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, and I want us to begin in verse 39, and we're going to read through chapter 12 to verse number 2, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 39, and we're going to read through to Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2. And the Bible says, And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Wherefore? Seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which has so easily beset us, and let us run with race, run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, Father, we pray as we have the opportunity to preach your word tonight, that by the power of your Spirit you would speak to your people, for your glory tonight. We ask in the name of Jesus and for his sake we pray. And amen. Well, the situation has become dire for these Christian Hebrews here. They've got tired. Have you ever been tired? Say amen. You ever been tired of the journey? You ever been tired of the walk with Jesus? If you're honest tonight, you'll say, yeah, I've been there. I've done that. And maybe some of you are here tonight saying, I'm there now. They're tired. They're tired. A lot of time has passed where they first were really fired up for Jesus. Matter of fact, in the chapter 10, verse 32 and 33, he says, Recall the former days. When you were enlightened, you endured hard struggling. You had compassion on the prisoners. In other words, you were busy about serving the Lord. Chapter 5 and verse 12, it says, Though by this time you ought to be teachers, you still needing someone to teach you again. They have begun to, they have begun to coast. They have put it in neutral and riding downhill. In chapter 2, verse 3, uh, the, the writer of Hebrews reminds them and reminds us that we are not to neglect so great of a salvation. So the situation is serious. The situation is dire. The writer suggests that there are some that are beginning to show that they really never had faith anyway. That they had tasted the powers of the age to come, but they really never knew Jesus. It's a warning. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12 says, Take care, brethren. That is what he's saying is fight the fight. Run the race, lest there be any of you with an evil heart of unbelief leading you to fall away from the living God. And again, in chapter 12, verses 12 through 14, he says, Lift up your drooping hands. 
strengthen your weak knees and make straight the paths of your feet so that the so that what is lame may be put it may not be put out of joint but rather be healed pursue peace with all men and holiness as but without it no one will see the lord and there it is brothers and sisters tonight there it is that's the call of the gospel what, what Bible Baptists must do, what you as an individual must do, is you must run the race. Fight the fight. Pursue peace. Pursue holiness. So the question is, how do we run the race? How do we as believers run the race of the Christian life? How do we do that? Well, first of all, I think we all have to understand something. We all must run the race. If Bible Baptists, and you as an individual, Bible Baptists collectively, if you're going to be successful and you're going to be what God wants you to be in this community, all of you here tonight must run the race by faith. Look what he says in verse 1 of chapter 12. Notice that word, wherefore. Wherefore, when you see wherefore in the scriptures, you need to ask the question, what is wherefore, therefore? What is wherefore, therefore? Wherefore refers back for you to chapter 11. Now, does everybody know what chapter 11 is called? It's called the Hall of Fame of what? Faith. That's right. It's the Hall of Fame of Faith. As we run the race... There's a big crowd. There's a crowd. There's a dense populated crowd of saints and they're pressing around the track and these saints are the people that are described in chapter 11 and it's all of the Christians that have gone on and have run their race before us. They finished the race. And when they finished the race, they circled back around and they said, done little elbows and got in the midst of the crowd to encourage Bible Baptists to keep on running the race. So, we see examples. In chapter 11, you see the examples of faith. You see the examples of perseverance under under sometimes unimaginable circumstances, there's David in the hall Hall of fame of faith. King David is. King David who committed adultery and murder, and yet he what? Finished the race. There's John the Baptist who is a weird and quirky type of guy. You just, you just, I mean, you got to know that John the Baptist was pretty quirky and weird when he was eating locusts and wild honey I mean, hey, come on. Kind of different type of fella, but John ran the race. I mean, there are not too many people that will go and look the face of a king and say, well, it ain't lawful for you to have your half-brother's wife. That's him. That's John the Baptist. I mean, there are not too many people that would say, when he's trying to witness to people and share the gospel with them, you bunch of brood of vipers, what are you doing coming down here to watch people being baptized? That's John the Baptist. And yet, he finished the race. 
And then there's John Mark, who's out on the missionary field, and all of a sudden he throws his hands up and quits. And he finished the race, though. He finished. And then there's Mary the prostitute. And she finished. And then there's Job who suffered so much pain and agony on this side of glory. So much hurt and anguish and pain and despair and heartache. Yet he finished the race. And there is Stephen who is preaching about the gospel of Jesus and they get mad at him. And there's a man standing there by the name of Paul who holds their cloaks as Stephen is stoned to death and Stephen prays while they're stoning to death, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Stephen ran and finished the race. That wherefore in chapter 12 verse 1 points us back to this motivation of chapter, thir- of, of chapter 11 verse 39 through 40. This is the motivation that there's something better. What's the motivation? Look what he says. And these all having obtained a good report through faith did receive not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should be made perfect. They didn't receive the promise. God said, I've got something better for you. That comes to us because the saints of old did not receive what was promised. In other words, the final predicted salvation of all the saints who have gone on before, the resurrection of the body, the reign of Jesus on a new earth, the restoration of all things will not happen until what? What happens? Till all the runners have finished the race. And Jesus said that I'm not coming again until this gospel is published where? To all of the earth. All of God, listen, all of God's saints are going to finish the race. Finish the race, you get a ribbon, but, the, but, but, but not the gold cup. Then circle around and crowd on the sidelines of the marathon. If you pass away before Jesus comes, find you a spot. Look and say, boy, I'm, I'm here to encourage the rest of my Bible Baptist family on. Because God says no one gets the glory no one gets the glory of final, protection, final perfection until all have finished the race. They'll not be made perfect without you. Now, can I tell you something this evening? Some of you have been running the race for a long time. And I want to say to you tonight, keep on running the race. Keep on running the race. All of us, all of us here, young, old, middle-aged, in between, whatever it is, you're a believer in Jesus, all of us have to run the race together. Point number two. All of us must lay aside the weight of sin. Look at verse one again. Wherefore? 
seeing we also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, the sin that was so easily besets us, and let us run with patience the race that was set before us. Let me ask something. How would you like for me to be on the track and representing the United States of America in the 100-yard dash in the Summer Olympics. Anybody interested in seeing me in Speedos with USA shirt on running a race? That'd be an interesting sight, wouldn't it? You see, I want you to know, you don't see 400-pound track runners on the track because excessive weight means what? You lose speed. Weight is something that stops you from being all that you should be for Jesus. Test yourself. Are you running? Test yourself. Are you running? Or are you coasting? You can get back in the race this evening. How do you do that? Verse 1 says you throw off the weights and sin. That means getting things out of your life getting things out of your life that make you more worldly-minded, worldly-minded, and putting things in your life that make you more heavenly-minded. It means praying without ceasing, as the Bible says. It means taking God's Word and hiding it in your heart and meditating on it day and night. It means exhorting one another every day as we see the day approaching. It means taking up your cross daily. It means reckoning yourself dead to sin, putting to death the deeds of the body. It means plucking out the eye of lust, cutting off the hand of covetousness. Use your body as instruments of righteousness, presenting your body's living sacrifices unto God. It means resisting the devil, taking every thought that's in your mind captive. Listen to me tonight, brothers and sisters. The great danger of every church and us is we might begin to coast instead of run. And we might begin to fiddle instead of fight. Let me say it to you again. The danger for every one of us in here tonight is we might begin to coast instead of run and fiddle instead of fight. Fight the fight. Number three, everyone must finish the course. Everyone must finish the course. Look what he says, and run, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. You, you, you've seen it. I've seen it. Some start, but where are they now? Hey, hey, you hear me? Some start, but where are they now? I don't know about independent Baptist statistics, but I do know about Southern Baptist statistics. The average Southern Baptist church has 300 members and 77 in church on Sunday morning. Let me say it to you again. 300 members and 77 in church on Sunday morning. Somebody started running and they don't run anymore. Hello. Hello. 
Let me tell you something. If you never train, you're never going to win. That's just a fact. You're never going to win. Christians who are serious about running, they're also serious about training. Hey, let, let me tell you. Christians who are running the race, they do believe Bible study is important. They believe Sunday school is important. They believe small groups in sport. Whatever you meet, they believe Bibles and biscuits are important. They believe that. They're training. Bible studies important. Listen, Christians who are training, they believe church is important. They believe that they ought to be in the body of Christ when they gather together. They believe praying is important. They just don't call on God when they need him like some genie in a bottle. No, they, they're walking with Jesus. They're in Bible study. They're part of a fellowship. They're praying. They're, they're, they're seeking him. Let me just tell you something. Training Christians believe soul winning is important. Training Christians believe that you ought to be telling folks about Jesus. I didn't say you see everybody get saved that you tell about Jesus. I'm saying you ought to be serious about sharing the good news of Jesus. Listen, let me just tell you something. I I just can't understand how a believer says he's saved or she says she's saved, but at work they never tell anybody about Jesus. They never tell the waitress about Jesus. They never tell the, the person in the counter with them at the, at the food mart about Jesus. They never tell their friend about Jesus. Listen, friend, I just want to tell you, if the road was out down the road here and I knew my friend was coming and I couldn't get a hold of him by cell phone, I'd be on that road trying every way I could to stop him from going over that bridge. Can I tell you with some of your friends and neighbors and loved ones? The bridge is out. And you have the only hope. Real Christians believe they have a message to share. Let me tell you who the race is for. The race is not for those 200 and some people who never darken the door again. No. That's not who the race is for. The race is for those who endure. So, so don't, don't even begin to think that finishing the race will, 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 will rebound to your glory because it depends on your strength. Oh, well, if I finish the race, well, that's going to be good for me. I get the reward. No, we run in the strength that God supplies. That in everything, who gets the glory? God gets the glory. Number four, if you're going to run the race, everyone, has to keep their eyes on the goal. Look at verse 2. Looking unto the pastor. Is that what? Do you have a translation that says that? Looking unto the pastor? Look, let, let, let me say it again. Looking unto the church. Is that what? Is it, anybody, anybody got that in their Bible? Look into the Sunday school teacher or look into the church building. No, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. That's what it says. He's the author, He's the finisher. 
Let me tell you something. You're in this race for Jesus' sake. I didn't get you out of bed this morning. And whoever you call your pastor didn't get you out of bed this morning. Jesus got you out of bed this morning. You ain't got a hope of glory in your heart this morning because you're a member of Bible Baptist Church. If you're saved, you have the hope of glory because Jesus saved you. He is the author. He is the finisher of your faith. Jesus, the reason why he is is because Jesus finished the race. He finished the race. Oh, the devil tried to stop him. The devil tried to stop him, went in and tempted him in the wilderness. His family thought he was crazy and they tried to stop him. The de- even the disciples whom he's teaching is that he's going to go die. They try to stop him. And then they leave him. But the Bible says he endured the cross. He endured the cross. The Bible says that he was born of a virgin and that he lived a perfect life and that he, was, he, he went to a kangaroo court and they convicted him and, they carried, and he carried his cross down Calvary's way. And it got to a point where he couldn't carry it no more and they got a man to, put, to host it to, to help him carry this cross and they put him up on a cross on, on Calvary and there on Calvary, the father takes his anger and dumps it on his son. The Father takes His wrath toward us and dumps it on His Son. The Father takes sin and dumps it on His Son. And the Son says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And there on the cross, Jesus hangs His head and He dies. He didn't faint. He didn't swoon. He died. And they put him in a barred tomb because, hey, why do you want to borrow it? Why do you want to buy something when you're going to give it back three days later? Three days later, he came from the grave. So listen. Listen to me. When you're disappointed and you want to throw in the towel, you want to quit running the race, when you're disappointed, look to Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. When you're discouraged, when you're down in that deep, dark valley and you don't know which way's up or which way to go or what to do, that dark cloud is hanging over you. Keep running the race looking unto Jesus. Back when I was a youth pastor, I had a boy named Brian. His daddy, yeah, his, his son, this boy's son, this, this boy's son is now a big-time track star at Center College. But Brian was in my youth group. And Brian was going to be a part of the Royal Ambassadors. I don't know if you all know what Royal Ambassadors is, but you may have heard of it. Mission organization. Talk kids about missions. And they'd have track meets. So Brian wanted to run in it. So every day after school, I'd get my yellow Maverick and I'd put him out on, on, on Highway 790 in front of me. And I'd say, run, boy. <laughs> and he'd run. And he'd run down the hills and up the hills and over the valleys and we'd run him back to the church parking lot. I'm driving right behind him. 
He practiced and he practiced and he practiced and he won. And then we went to the place to where you place to go to the state. Brian gets up there. He's just no country boy and we're just no country church, pinto beans and cornbread. He's got Walmart tennis shoes on. Paris, Paris, Paris shorts, you know, basketball shorts and a t-shirt. This old dude that lines up beside him runs for the Pulaski County Maroons track team. He's got these fancy shoes on. He's got his Pulaski County High School track uniform on. He looks like he knows what he's doing. And sure enough, the gun takes off and they take off. And Brian jumps way out ahead of him. I thought, oh boy, it's over now. He ain't pacing himself. And this old boy just laying back until he blows past him. Well, we went around one time. It's four times around the track. Went around one time. Brian's still in the lead. I'm standing over here. I'm going crazy. Go around the second time. Brian is still in the lead. We go around the third time. Brian is still in the lead. We head around that fourth time. And about halfway around that fourth time, I see that guy. He starts gaining ground on Brian. He, he starts chugging along. He's coming in behind him. Well, I got all been out of shape and worried. And I, I jumped up. And I ran across the field uh, on the football field. You know, the track goes around the football field. And so I got out on that field. And I was hollering at Brian, run, run. He's right behind you. Run, run, run. Listen, Brian didn't look to me. I don't even know if he heard me. He didn't look behind him to see where that old boy was. He kept his eye on the goal. And he won the race. Abraham ran so far. And he passed the baton to Isaac. And Isaac ran so far. And he passed the baton unto Jacob. And Jacob ran so far. And he passed the baton onto the prophets. And then they ran so far. And after 400 years of no word from heaven, you hear in Matthew 1, 21, that Jesus came to save his people from their sins. And Jesus took the baton. And he ran all the way to Calvary. And he died on the cross of Calvary. And he's buried and he rose again the third day. And when he rose up, he said, All power is given unto me. All power and all authority is given unto me. Bible Baptists, go into all of the world and preach the gospel. And lo, I'm with you always until the end. And he handed that baton over to the church. And he said, Keep running the race keep running the race. I don't know about you Brother Darren but by the grace of the Lord I want to keep running the race. Don't you? Despite my own sin despite my own shortcomings I want to keep that baton in my hand. I want to keep running the race. And one day one day this whole life's going to be over for me. I don't know when or where or how but it's going to be over. And I'm going to step into the streets of glory. And when I get up to that streets of glory, 
I suppose I may see my old pastor growing up, Brother Kenneth Sanders. He may say to me, hey, Ron, come on over here and let's talk about how we used to go on Thursday night visitation. I'd say, oh, Brother Sanders, I want to talk about that. I really do. But I got a baton in my hand. I got to take it somewhere. And I suppose I'll walk a little further down the road. There'll be my old gray hair mama. She'll say, son, welcome home. I don't have no more dementia. I'm not lying in a bed. Welcome home. I say, mama, it's okay. She said, oh, come on over. I'll fix you some eggs and biscuit and gravy and we'll have a big time. And I said, oh, mama, you just hold on. We got a few more years to worry about that. You just hold on. I, I'll be there in a little while. You just hold on, mama. Then I'll run across my old friend, my best buddy, old Joe T. Miller. Died at 51 years old. Doctors just missed the cancer by that much. It was right here in his brain somewhere. Just missed it. It's on his saliva glands. Just missed it. If they'd have found it, he'd have been alive today, but they didn't. And I watched him lay his, I watched him when he died. I, I got that right after he died, I mean. That old yellow body. I can hear him say, Hey, 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 buddy, I'm glad you're here. Come on over to my place tonight. We'll talk while I say, hold on, Joe. Hold on. I got to take this baton. And I got to go find, glory to his name. I got to go find the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. I got to go find the one who said, I am the resurrection and the life, and no man be dead. Hallelujah. Yet shall he live. I'm going to take that baton. I'm going to lay it at Jesus' feet. I'm going to say, Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy to receive all glory and honor. And praise. Bible Baptist, if I don't see you again, keep on. Keep on. Keep on running the race until you get to the throne in glory. Thank you for letting me be here today.